Hey, Freedom Fighters. This is David Delaney with 10 Bound. Thank you so much for listening to the Sales Development Podcast and tuning in each week. You are amazing. Sales development is the hardest job on the go-to-market team, and you do it well every day, and we appreciate you being here. Hey, I wanted to really quickly let you know about a project that we've been working on over the last couple months that we launched a beta version over at 10bound.com forward slash directory. And what this is, is a directory to help you out as you're looking for products and services that support your sales development efforts. As you may know, we have developed the first sales development industry market map where we pull together the very, very specialized products and services that are created to help you hit your sales development goals. And the number one the request that we got after we developed the market map is, hey, how do I double click on this and learn more about the companies, products and services that are on the market map here on Tambound? And we didn't have anything like that. You could just basically download the market map and kind of use it as a guide to start looking at some of these other companies that you may need for your sales development strategy. So we developed the directory. And what it is, is basically you look at the market map, you look at the quadrant that you're interested in. So say you're shopping for outsourced SDR services, or you're looking at all the different availabilities around sales engagement platforms that are there. Now you can actually double click on that, go to the directory, and each one of the companies will have their own page, a showcase page where they can put down very quickly, okay, what's the difference between them and the other ones? What's their value prop? What are their case studies? And how do I get in touch with them? You know, boom, 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 an easy way for you to, to check whether they're legit. This is a beta version, so we're going to be developing more robust capabilities so that you can save companies, look at their various ratings on rating sites, and have that all in one place as you're doing your sales development research. So we're really excited about that. If you are a company that sells to the sales development community, be sure to claim your profile, get on there, register, get your page up, get your value prop up, get a few differentiators so that people know about you and they don't have to go to you know, a bunch of different sites. They can just start to gather that information in one place. And be sure to leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know what it's missing, what would help you to be able to determine your sales development strategy and companies that you use that aren't on the market map and are not in the directory, but should be that have really helped you to achieve your sales development goals. So again, it's 10bound.com forward slash directory. Get on there, check it out. Let us know what you think. Thanks. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the sales development podcast. I am honored to be joined by a guest who we've been trying to get on the show for a while. It's a really exciting time for the company over at Sixth Sense. Lisa Sharpata, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. If I, could, if I could figure out how to talk, I'll be all set. But uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like I said, I attended a talk by the team at Sixth Sense a while ago, and they were talking about how the technology interacts with the BDR team. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, we definitely need to dive into this. Lisa, thank you for coming on. How did you get involved in Sixth Sense? Tell us about your background and let us get to know you a little bit. 
Yeah, well, thanks again for having me. So I got involved with Sixth Sense about a year ago, and I was working for a different company at the time, and we brought in Sixth Sense technology to our tech stack and started using it. And I was like, this is a game changer. This is the coolest thing that I've seen happen in my marketing career. And you know, I've been in the field for a while. So <laughs> I was like, I really want to dig into this, you know, full speed ahead. And fast forward six months later, and we had transformed how we were going to market, including moving our BDR team, we call them BDRs, over to the marketing side of the house and really going all in on account-based marketing. And by that point, I'd had the chance to meet the Sixth Sense team and there was a position open in demand gen there. And I threw my hat in the ring and said, you know, I want in. This is, again, just by far the biggest game changer I've seen. So now I'm here. I love it. I love it. So, and I'm sure that you had a leg up on the competition because you were a believer going into it, it seems. Yeah. And, you know, I think that passion goes a long way. You know, again, I've been in the industry for a while, so I've seen a lot of things that that always helps too. And I think the other thing is, you know, right time, right place, because everybody I know who's using the Sixth Sense technology is like, feels the same way I do. So. They're yeah, passionate. It's cool. Well, yeah. it's one of the biggest problems is, you know, just the database, like in sales development, you know, working with SDR and BDR teams, and then all up and down the funnel, it seems, is that prioritization, because you've got all this data, and a lot of times it's unstructured. And if you could just prioritize it and spend more of your time in the right place, it seems that it would make such a big difference. Well, absolutely. And I especially think for BDR teams, I mean, they come in in the morning and if they don't have clean data or a, a good, you know, list of where to start, it's like a wild goose chase for them. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes, exactly. And I mean, now that more BDR and SDR teams are working from home, you know, it's even more important because they don't have that guidance of the you know, their friends and managers and stuff walking around, they're just like, really, it seems like on their own. Yeah. I mean, without having, you know, a place to go to kind of see what's going on, nowhere to start your day. I mean, I would be lost too. I, this is a really tough role to be in. It is. I mean, because it's a lot of training and coaching and just like leaning on your friends and then to just be, I don't mean to be sound... (laughs) Make it sound depressing, but just to be stuck at home, like all alone, it's, it's an interesting time. But, you know, if you're thinking about like somebody's out there and they've got all this unstructured data, right? They know they have an idea about what accounts they want to go after, especially now. It's like the accounts that are still, you know, thriving and doing well. And they know kind of they have an idea about the people that they want to talk to and they've got a good, you know, script of, or, you know, emails and stuff of things to say, but how does Sixth Sense like bolt on to that, that whole unstructured, you know, mess basically, and kind of straighten it out for BDRs? Yeah. So a few things, I'll just kind of start at the really high level, the top. Um, 
So sixth sense pulls in intent based on keywords. So mm. you can see which accounts are in market and what they're looking for in the sixth sense platform. And so that all pulls into an iframe in Salesforce. And by account, it builds out a persona map. You can see the level of engagement by different personas. You can see what they've clicked on, what web pages they've been to, what content they've viewed, what keywords they entered, you know, what was their challenge that what got them there in the first place and what problem are they trying to solve for and that level of engagement as well. So mm. even just right there, if you're just going to start your day off by looking at, all right, these are the accounts on my list. I'm going to go into each one. I can, at least I know where to start the conversation, right? I, I know what they care about. But on top of that, Sixth Sense also now has what we call BDR Next Best Actions. And it's a dashboard that they go into in the morning that shows them like what's the right next thing to do on that account. So they don't even have to, you know, dig through all of it and try to figure it out. It aggregates the information for them and makes recommendations. So Excellent. That's, I mean, okay. Pretty sweet. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. So yeah, I mean, it, it's like because that's kind of what's so time-consuming in the BDR's job is just trying to figure that out. Like, what do I say? Who do I say it to? So it can kind of serve that up for them. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And then that's looking at if you're going outbound, right? You've got like a list of say a hundred accounts and you've got to go drum up some interest. Does it work the same way if you get an inbound lead? What happens if an inbound lead comes in? How does it work into the system? Yeah, so similar in that, you know, they have a dashboard and it's a customized dashboard for each account or each rep. So their accounts are on that dashboard. It re-aggregates overnight. So every morning when they come in, they can see the newest information. And so if someone comes inbound, we take a different approach here, but everyone can kind of set it up differently. Like we don't gate content. We don't score like downloads or, you know, we don't assign MQLs, the traditional like MQLs to anything. But even however you do that, Sixth Sense, the technology is always on the back end, figuring out, you know, your level of intent. What buying stage are you in? And then that will help identify where that like sweet spot is of engagement. And so when an account is in what we call the sweet spot, that will show up on the BDR's dashboard and they'll see, you know, now's the right time to reach out. Otherwise, like marketing would just keep warming up those leads, maybe sending display ads or emails or, you know, whatever stage they're in and whatever campaigns and keywords they're looking for, you know, we'll decide what campaign to run to them until they hit that sweet spot and then it hands over to the BDR. Got it. So they, so in this case, the BDR almost has like, it's like a dynamic list that's constantly changing depending on what the people are doing that are in the system. Yep, exactly. Wow. Okay. And do you have the team, is the team divided between outbound and inbound, the BDR team? No, no. 
They're it's not all, okay. all bound. Yep. All bound. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wanted to call 10 bound. I wanted to call my company all bound and I Googled it and somebody else had taken that name. I was so bad. Oh. So I was literally, I, this is a little story. I was in 10 minute parking at the subway station waiting for my wife and I tried 10 bound and it was available. So I grabbed it and the company was born. But anyway, there you go. There you go. <laughs> now you know, folks. That's why you tune in here every week. So, okay. So they're both inbound and outbound, but they have all this machinery to help them organize their day. How do you know if the BDRs are doing a good job? How are they rated? What are their metrics that so that you know that they're following the system? Yeah. And so, I mean, the BDR manager handles more than that than I do, but we also integrate with like sales loft. We can see mm. their outreach and their cadences and what they're doing, but I mean, it really comes down to is conversion rates. I mean, we're looking at how is it all working and can tell you before I started, our CMO was actually a BDR for a day. And she did that because we didn't have good conversion rates. Yeah. And she just, she's like, what's going on here? Why isn't this working right? What, you know, what are we doing wrong? And, you know, at six cents too, we've noticed the the ultimate stat that kind of piqued our interest was that gets 48% of BDRs aren't hitting quota. And that was kind of an aha moment for us. We're like, something has got to be going wrong. And so we're really get we really get focused on those conversion rates and you know calls turning into pipeline and you know if if you're not hitting you know your quota we kind of back it all the way up to what's the data like where you started the conversation what are they working from to begin with mm. and then where do they go from there okay yes and actually i remember because at the presentation that I saw, they were co-presenting with analysts and they were going through, okay, here are the benchmarks of where you're supposed to be. And she was saying when she started, they were way off the benchmarks. And so she strapped on the the headset, started Mm -hmm. doing the job and came out and said, okay, now we need to get to the industry standard. So we're going to make these changes. So yeah, that makes sense. You said that it had the the team had gone from they were reporting to sales and then they went into marketing. Was that at your former company or was that also at Sixth Sense? That's actually been at both companies. Okay. Yep. So they report to marketing because that is like I'm dating myself, but that's like the taste great, less filling. Like the just this endless <laughs> argument in the sales development world of where it should report and. I've always thought it made more sense to be in marketing because it, it's so much more data driven and and it's it's part of the pipeline creation. But I think it's like sixty five to seventy percent of the teams report to sales. So what makes you an advocate of having to be in marketing if you are? Yeah, I mean, no matter what, the BDRs need to still work hand in hand with their AEs. That's a given. Yeah. But all of our outreach with the BDRs stems from a marketing campaign. The insights that we're seeing, the keywords that we're, that the account's looking for. And so then what marketing has done is made what we call value cards and it's broken out by persona. And so we're giving them the messaging, how to engage the right way, what 
are the conversation starters, if they attended this event or that event, making sure they're completely aware of what the sessions were at the event, what the topics were, what the right next best outreach would be so that they can really provide value. And again, we're 100% account-based here. And so, you know, we work hand in hand with marketing and, and the BDRs to create those right messages to the account and every persona on that buying team in order to really engage them. So I just feel like if there's a big gap and disconnect between marketing and your BDR, then that customer journey feels that gap. They're going to feel that pain and they're going to see, they're going to see that disconnect one way or another. If the handoffs aren't seamless, if, if it doesn't feel like a natural flow, you know, or if they're just getting a, Hey, we saw you signed up for this webinar. You must want to talk to us like random out of the blue. Um, <laughs> I don't even remember which webinar I signed up for, right? Which one are you, you yes. know, that kind of stuff just yeah. feels so awkward. And so, you know, by having the BDRs work much more closely with marketing and having all these insights at their fingertips and, you know, it's just, a much more seamless, better experience for a consumer. It makes perfect sense. And the it's so funny because when we do training with BDRs, we say like, what do you say when you get a webinar lead? And they go, hi, I'm just following up on that webinar. Do you remember that webinar that you follow? <laughs> you, you saw? And I'm just like shaking my head right now because I'm like, oh my God, that's probably the worst thing to say. But anyways, the pushback that you get from sales is it's a sales position. You know, the BDR is a sales position. The, most of the people that become BDRs want to get into sales. So it just naturally should be aligned with sales. And it plays out because like I said, like 65, 75% of these teams are aligned to sales. But it never made sense to me because sales is trying to get like a product out of the BDR team. You know, they're trying to get a good qualified meeting so that they can build pipeline. And, but they're not like doing all the upstream stuff that you're talking about and aligning it. So it creates a weird situation for the consumer. It is. And I think the bottom line for me is there has to be two-way communication between marketing and sales. That BDR role is kind of a linchpin. So if, no matter what side of the house they're sitting on, as long as there's really good communication that flows through the BDR team from marketing to sales, it'll work. It's just when there's that hard line between this is marketing's job and this is sales job, and they, you know, there's no communication and handoffs on accounts that I think it gets really awkward and really hard for. BDRs do their job. Boy, it's amazing. And the bigger the company you go to, the more disconnection there is. It could, I mean, it's, and it's just like, how are you guys so successful? Like, you're <laughs> this is such a mess. But, anyways, question on your account base. You mentioned that you're 100% account base. So, how does it work with like territory planning for the salespeople? Because it seems like in, I see a lot of disconnect there's like the salespeople are over there making territories and they're like dividing out the country. And then the marketers are trying to support them, but it's, there's not really a lot of alignment. So 
how does it work if it does at all to make sure that everybody's on the same page? Like we're going to go after these accounts. You're the salesperson. You're the BDR. I'm the marketer. Okay, let's go forward together. Yeah. So again, a little bit out of domain on the exact details, but the high level, and I think this is the interesting part, and you touched on it before, is it's dynamic. So different accounts are in market every given day. You know, we see, I'm sure we're seeing a lot of that right now, right? Where an account that was in market last week is all of a sudden in triage mode. And the last thing they're going to do is buy technology. And so the accounts get pulled by, I think it's zip code, right? But then it's ebbs and flows every day of who's in market, who's not in market. So that new dashboard repopulates overnight and it's kind of broken down by team and, you know, in the back end, however, they have that technology set up to work to divvy it out. It gets divvied out. But again, an account that was in market yesterday might not be on your list today. And that's just because they're not showing intense signals at the same frequency. And so we're kind of downgrading them, so to speak, to what stage they're in in the journey. And so we want our BDRs to be reaching out to an account that isn't showing intent. Got it. Okay. It's really interesting because, and again, the whole, you know, territory planning thing is like crazy topic that we could go on (laughs) forever. But it's interesting because, you know, a lot of salespeople are like, you know, my territory is not that good. Like, how come I get, you know, not to diss anybody, but I got like North Dakota and uh, Southern (laughs) Saskatchewan and he got Silicon Valley. So, you know, there's a lot of like finger pointing and stuff. And it seems like a system like, like Sixth Sense that sort of is looking at it from a data component and looking at who's interested and where there's actual intent is a much more fair way to do territory planning so that nobody necessarily can say, I didn't get the good territory, so that's why I'm not doing very well, that type of thing. Yep, absolutely. Rely on the data. Well, let Mm -hmm. me ask you, I got a couple questions here. You had a campaign that said BDRs are a BFD, um, which I thought was really funny. And there's a little ad following me all over, you know, Google and all these different places that I go that (laughs) says it. So you're doing a good job. But what did you mean by that? And where did that come from, that, that campaign? All right. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? <laughs> yes, this is this all definitely. Right. Well, I think <laughs> we all know what, what BFD stands for, right? So sure. big freaking deal, whatever, however you want to say the F word. But we really do think BDRs are a big deal here. And it all goes back to, like I said at the beginning, they're the linchpin, right? Between marketing and sales. That Topo report that you referenced earlier says, I mean, they're the biggest drivers of revenue of any other position. So, I mean, they, you know, again, we just, we really see that role as essential and just so valuable and important in an organization, but they don't always get, I mean, they're usually new coming out of college, right? Haven't really been in the working world much. They don't always get a lot of coaching or training, a lot of times they just get a list of accounts dumped on, on them and even a call script or something like go after these accounts, you know, here, you figure it out. And we just 
find time over time again that companies that approach their BDRs and treat them as a big deal and really give them the training and the tools and the insights, the tech that they need are so much more successful. So, you know, with that in mind, we started really digging into the concept. On top of it, our tech team was working on that next best action module. So, you know, I'm in marketing, we put our marketing hat on and we're like, we need to do something big around next best actions. And this is so cool for BDRs to have something like this, to be able to see every day. And, you know, another thing we did was some research too, back in December, where we saw that nearly half of the BDRs out there were not making their numbers. They're not hitting their quota, but you know, they're, supposed to drive all this pipeline. So we're like, there's something's just not right here, right? So when we kind of put all those things together, we just said, we need to do something. We really need to drive awareness on this topic. We want to, you know, raise this up and really start pressing on the importance of this role. And so like you saw Latney's presentation, like you said, and we had some of that stuff going on, but we really wanted to start elevating it. So it started actually with a sales happy hour or a BDR happy hour in our San Francisco headquarters. And we had the capacity to have 65 people there and we had a wait list. And we're like, you know, we're kind of onto something here. <laughs> um, you know, like we heard over and over again from the BDR community that they just really appreciated having a voice and getting an opportunity to learn from other people and actually having material put together for them to start helping them learn how to do better outreach and not waste time and just get a better idea of what accounts are relevant and how to prospect better, et cetera, et cetera. And so that was when the light bulb went on and we decided to have BDR Appreciation Week, which we timed in conjunction with our release of the Next Best Actions module. So that's where it was born. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it was totally trending for a while. You know, it was BDR. You had the t-shirts. I love BDRs. All that stuff. It was. It was, it was totally, great. Yeah. <laughs> it was Until great. we hit the COVID-19 and then nothing else is trending. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's the only thing trending in the world. Uh, but, <laughs> um, no, it was great to give them some respect and just elevate the position because it is so important. And there are some resources out there, but you know, it's just great to get people together and you know, let them know that, hey, this is a hard job. We value what you're doing and here's some resources to help. So that was a great, great campaign. Other thing I wanted to ask you about is recently, just switching gears, you re- released a report on the predictable revenue growth with Matt Hines. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it's still top of mind, but are there two or three things that stood out for you in that report, you know, either related to BDRs or not? Just, you know, everybody I think really needs predictable revenue right now. Um, <laughs> so what do we need to do, you know, to get it? <laughs> well, I will tell you we are we have a webinar on this next week and it we changed the name of it actually to predictable revenue, driving predictable revenue in unpredictable times, because it just seems like not much is predictable right now. But I think some of our key learnings and insights that we gleaned 
and I'm just going to pause here and you'll have to edit this, but I need a second to pull it up. Yeah, no worries. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but yeah, no problem. I, I have the VR one pulled up. Yeah, please. When I saw that title, I was like, oh my God, I definitely need to go to that webinar because we need predictable revenue right now more than ever. There's a book you're probably familiar with called Predictable Revenue. It's like the Bible of the SDR world or the BDR world by Aaron Ross. But man, it's definitely timely. Yeah, I actually <laughs> pulled that book out when we started talking about predictable revenue and, you know, partly just to make sure we weren't like stealing anything, but sure. um, but yeah, it's definitely a Bible. Well, I mean, a couple of things that really stuck out to me just, and I mean, not to be too like much of a downer here, but only 18% of organizations met hundred percent of their revenue goals in 2019. Whoa. And I know, I mean, that was just kind of an eye opener. We've seen kind of this trend towards account-based marketing, but yet I don't think people have really figured out the magic formula on how to make that, you know, work. They kind of, we kind of use this analogy. If you got like your four fingers and your thumb and account-based marketing is like the thumb. And everyone kind of says they're doing it, but not really quite going all in on how to do that. But from a buyer's perspective in B2B anyway, everything's account driven. It's all buying teams and committees. And so, you know, again, just going back to this, you really need to understand what the entire account is doing and being able to tailor your message to the different personas in that account and reach them at the right time and in that sweet spot and know what to focus on for that person on that buying team is really essential to, you know, the first right step to getting there. And again, it just all goes back to BDRs. (laughs) Right, right. And it has to be the right time, right? Which is the intent part. Right. And it's, that's amazing because, so there's two really startling things. One is, the 18%. I want to ask you about that, but it sounds like ABM account-based marketing is kind of like everyone's talking about it, but not that many people are actually executing on it. Is that fair to say? They're trying to, but it's like, there's no one way to do it. And so they're trying to kind of do it on their own. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like it's kind of a dabbling in it. Okay. Not quite so much all in changing the way you're going to market your whole strategy, getting everyone behind it. It takes yeah. massive alignment and cooperation across people. I mean, we're dealing with people still at the end of the day, because if you're in the industry, it's like there's all these programs out there that say they're like a silver bullet, you know, and I'm not dissing any company, but just saying like, if you plug in this ABM system, it's going to be ABM Nirvana and you can just sit back and relax and have ABM, you know, the rest of your life. But that's not really the case, right? Right. And actually one of the other stats in this Heinz research that we did was that nine out of 10 account driven organizations say that orchestrating their ABM program across multiple channels is a huge challenge for them. So back to what you're saying, like that orchestration between all these different teams, that's, I think, where most people are getting hung up. Yeah. And that's so funny because we released a program at the last conference that was alignment across 
departments and we have this really great workshop that we do a one day workshop and we get everybody in the same room and they go through all these frameworks and we knock heads together and we come out with a plan of attack and literally there was no interest at all and it was probably because i didn't sell it enough or aggressively enough but i didn't even get one lead and so it's like this huge need in the marketplace for alignment and orchestration but i don't think people have quite realized that hey that's what the problem is it's not just plugging in the next shiny object but anyways <laughs> yeah no absolutely Amazing. and yeah yeah and to even kind of tie back to what we were talking about before with knowing what to talk to your accounts about how to engage them mm. this research showed that one in three organizations don't even know what message to start the conversation with so mm -hmm. It's product I mean, based. It's so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're the best thing in the world since sliced bread. You want to have a meeting? It's like, <laughs> yep. Yes. Yep. You attended that <laughs> webinar. I know you want to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just following up on that webinar that you, you know, oh my God. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> but the revenue goals, I mean, 18%, and this is back you know, a month ago when we were still in a normal economy, 18%. Are we setting the revenue goals too high? I mean, that's what I initially think when I hear that. Well, I don't know. I mean, not to brag, but Sixth Sense made their revenue numbers. I think it's oh. changing the way you go to market. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So much has changed 18%. with, yeah. So much has changed with buying teams and committees and how to, B2B companies buy that I think marketing just really needs to do an overhaul on how we go to market. And, and it's going from, you know, we came out of like 10 years of inbound marketing and demand generation and getting leads and MQLs and that whole thing was great. I mean, that was working, but then it's like, we almost hit a tipping point where there was just too much. And is that shift where people are struggling going from that model to the ABM model? I think that that is where the struggle is, but also kind of where the light at the end of the tunnel is. Like once everyone can start figuring that out, I think that it'll be a whole new ball game. Okay. Yeah. And what is the light at the end of the tunnel? It's shifting to this more modern approach. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the things that we've identified are having that sales and marketing alignment. And I mean, that doesn't just mean we say we're aligned at field kickoff and then we go, you know, about our daily business for the rest of the year. I mean, that truly is what we were talking about before with BDRs being this linchpin and really having like, value cards and engagement strategies and everyone being on the same page about what accounts are in market and what we're all working towards yes. every day. And then on the demand generation side of things, which is, you know, my side of the fence, I need to make sure I'm bringing in the right amount of pipeline. But again, that is different than what it used to be. And so at six cents, we've gotten rid of MQLs completely. We don't score things that way. We're just using the insights from our technology to see where they are in market. And we don't call consider something pipeline until after sales has had a call with 
the account and deemed it, you know, worthy of, of moving forward with. And it's pretty much that simple to me. It's kind of black and white versus, oh, I'm going to give you 30 points for this and 10 points for that. And then 10 points for this. And then I'm going to call you an MQL and then I'm going to pass it off. It just doesn't work that way for, for us anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're truly looking at, are we generating enough pipe, enough demand? And if you, is there a different name for, I don't want to get caught up on MQLs, but is it's like, is it just called pre-intent? They have some intent. We made contact. There's an appointment and now there's pipeline. Do you have it sort of broken out like, yeah. like a, a stair step type of thing? We have stages still like uh -huh. stage zero, one, two, but what yeah. we kind of have replaced the MQL with is something called a six QA. And that yeah. again, but it's all based on data. It's all based on intent score and what the account is doing, not on my guesswork on how many points I should give them for downloading something. Got it. Okay. So it's all plugged into the system and it goes back to the information that's coming into that wireframe of what they're doing and mm -hmm. where they're coming from and things like that. Got it. Yep. Okay. That is amazing. Lisa, this has been really interesting and I put you on the spot a little bit. So thank you for rolling with the punches. You definitely gave us some good information. I think the takeaway is definitely if you're in a confused state right now and you're either running the BDR team or you are BDR, go back up to the account level and start from there and get out of the, you know, I'm just going to call this list of leads and ask them <laughs> some questions. You got to go up a level and then hopefully plug in Sixth Sense to help you sort it out, right? Yeah. I mean, get something that shows you what people are doing so you know you know what to do next because otherwise it's that wild goose chase and you're flying blind yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right well lisa thank you so much for coming on the show how do people get in touch with you and learn more about six cents yeah well six cents is the number six and then the word sense.com so okay. that's pretty straightforward for me i'm mostly focused on linkedin so it's just lisa sharapata if you'll put that in the notes here. Um, yeah. I have a Twitter handle, which is also at Lisa Sharapata. Perfect. Perfect. And is your avatar on the Twitter picture also? <laughs> or just here? It, it might be on Twitter. <laughs> LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my old, old one that <laughs> inspired me to use my avatar. <laughs> I love this. You know, this is an audio recording. So when Lisa turns off her video, it's a cartoon of her from Apple, right? What are they called? Emojis? Bitmoji. Yeah. Bitmoji. Yeah. So it's great to see. Lisa, thank you again for coming on the Sales Development Podcast, and we'll see you over at Sixth Sense. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.